Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode three of the Friends of Flavor podcast with me, Weezy Baby, aka Kenny, and my guest today is David. Yes, and we'll kick this off. yourself uh well uh you know my name by now yes (laughs) so i'm david uh i know uh we met through work um but you know i've been i've been here pretty much my whole life Uh, i was born and raised here uh went to school you know uh, a little further up north but then came back and have been here ever since so you know just uh, so david and i um we worked together and we were we did AutoCAD together. So what we did was we drew routes for a fiber company. Um, and um, I guess we were caddies together. <laughs> so that's how we met. And we've been friends ever since. So I think, what year did we start? It was like... I well, s- I started in late 2014. Okay. And you came, You were the next hire after me. So I had to be 2015 or something like that. Um, so yeah, it's been a good good five years maybe that we five six years that we've been a mm-hmm. good good friends it's been a good run yeah yeah definitely um so we're gonna do the run through like i did in the previous episode uh with mandy and so i'm gonna start off with three questions and then we got we'll hit two topics okay um so my first question is one that i asked mandy as well was what did you want to be growing up like when you were a kid so when I was a little kid growing up, I wanted to create a uh, an astrological observatory in my <laughs> parents' backyard and uh, and study space and the planets. Okay, so uh, well, how old were you when you you wanted to decided, hey, this is what I wanted to be? Um, I don't remember how young I was. I mean, it goes back. About as far as I can remember, back to like, you know, first, second grade, I think that's when that stuff really started piquing my interest. Um, we had a little school library, uh, you know, at my grade school, and we would go once a week, and every single week I would go into the little science section and I would pick out a book on space or something. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I, I must have looked through or read every every space book in the library. So, over my, were like, you like a... Uh... I guess like a big Trekkie or anything like that? <laughs> Surprisingly, no. Really? Um, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I think I was I was a little more into Star Wars, but as surprising as it may be, I was never into the like space fantasy stuff. Um, I I was more into the just, I don't know, the, the real stuff at that time. Gotcha. Although my brain <laughs> still appreciated the fantasy aspect, I guess I just never merged those two at the time. So with you being like, into space and stuff like that are you like a big elon musk <laughs> <laughs> i mean honestly elon's 
he's uh, he's a mixed bag. I think he's yeah. he's got some great ideas. I mean, I think it. I think a lot of the stuff he does is fantastic. He's a genius. Yeah. He's a mad scientist, but he's also a little loopy. <laughs> so yeah. He he definitely. goes he goes kind of far out there uh, with some of his ideas. I mean, that, when you make that much money, you just you, yeah. you spend on crazy things and you just have crazy ideas. I guess. I don't yeah. I I don't know, man. Uh, I mean, he's. I mean, I like him. I think I like him more than I think he's uh, a weirdo. So, so. like, the reason I asked that um, to you and to Mandy is only because, like I told Mandy, it's like it's interesting to see how your thought process was when you were a kid and how you are like kind of now. Um, and so Mandy's, I think she, what she, what she wanted to be as a kid. A uh, yeah, psychiatrist, I think. Oh, she yeah, she wanted to be a psychiatrist, so she went to school for um, psychiatry, like biology and psychiatry, mm-hmm. something like that. And uh, it's interesting to see where she turned up now. And take it that um, I'm pretty sure what we do now is not what we want to do, but it's just to see your like thought process of how you were then and now is like yeah, that kind of explains a lot to how you are. Like you're into space, so it's kind of like I feel like you're a very intelligent guy, and like you have a very open mind so that that's the way i see it is like i don't know maybe it's just me being stupid like you're <laughs> no i think there's space there's yeah. a connection there i i do like <laughs> to space out during the day to you know <laughs> gotta throw a pun in there somewhere there it would yeah it wouldn't be I've a conversation those. yeah <laughs> fun. but you know i've i've always been kind of like fanciful and like to daydream so you know yeah. just like put putting my head in the clouds or even further up what, you know, has always been something That's I great. enjoyed. Um, okay, so the next question I asked her as well. Um, what do you do for fun or what do you enjoy doing now? Um, well, mostly I enjoy lounging with the wife. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> In a way, that was kind of her, her answer too. Yeah. Just... I'm, I'm, still, uh, I'm still a gamer of sorts. Um, I don't, I mean, obviously none of us have the time as adults to play the way that we did when we yeah, were younger, definitely. but I still enjoy video games. You know, I've been playing my, my switch more recently That's good. and, uh, I, I've got a few games on steam that I play. Um, but I've, I've realized that I, I really just enjoy RPGs, uh, whether it's like, know, um, classic JRPGs? Well, both. Like, like uh, JRPGs like the the Xenoblade Chronicles mm. that came out. Oh, I love that game. I've invested hundreds of hours into Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Right. And I haven't gotten to a number... I haven't got to the first one, you know, since they released that. But I know if slash when I do, I'm going to invest another couple hundred hours into that. It's yeah. like sometimes I hesitate because I know, like, if I get this, it's going to be yeah. a massive time sink. Yeah. Um, but that, uh, I've got Pillars of Eternity on my computer. Uh, shoot, sometimes the more casual ones like Diablo. That's what I'm doing now, Diablo Are 3. you going to get into the remake? They're remaking too. I saw that. I, I, I might. Um, my buddies are try- my other buddies are trying to get me into that too because like they're always like why do you fucking play League anymore <laughs> it's so toxic I hate it but I was like I just I don't know yeah. I just that like League is just what I know and it's fun and it's just mm-hmm. it's really just about the camaraderie of yeah. playing with all your friends you know that's that's why I'm playing three uh, because the reason I got it was because one of my good friends encouraged me to play it so we could play online together. And now I've got another one of my friends into it as well. So, you know, when I play, I, I just like to have people online to play with. That's why I enjoyed MMOs. You know, like I played 
uh, Warcraft. I played the Lord of the Rings MMO. I played um, the Star Wars MMO. I played uh, the Elder Scrolls MMO. <laughs> no, I, I loved MMO as well too. Like the first one that I played was that I really loved was um, World of Warcraft. Actually, I mean, if you consider, I don't know if you remember Fantasy Star on GameCube, but that that was kind of MMO ish. But it was yeah. you had to play. You know, legit, like, four people in one room instead yeah. of online. Uh, there's, speaking of GameCube and RPGs, did you ever play Tales of Symphonia? I played a little bit of it, and okay. then I know that was, like, one of the best ones to play Man, in there. that, I don't know what it is about JRPGs, how they pack so much into one game. Especially, <laughs> those GameCube discs were so small. Yeah, I don't know exactly, how they right? packed that game, that massive game into those tiny discs. Yeah. But that game took forever. It was good, though. I enjoyed it. So, well, what's your favorite JRPG then? If I um, it, it'd probably be Xenoblade really? 2. Um, just, there's there's just so much to it, you so know? Mine's before your time, and it's uh, Chrono Trigger. Which, that was amazing. And um, seconds of that would be uh, Mario RPG. Oh, nice. Did you ever my, play that? Oh, man. Um, my brother loves that game. Yeah, and it's so surprisingly, good. Yeah, surprisingly, I didn't play it. I, don't, I think he had it... Um, it was on like the GameCube or Wii. It was one of these like, uh, oh, he got it through the virtual console yeah, on right. the Wii. That's how he did it. And I, I watched him play it. Um, so it's one of those things where I know I would have enjoyed it had I played it just for some reason. And one of the characters on there uh, was a big push for Smash. And oh, it, yeah, it was Gino. Gino. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, I wish he really was on Smash, but I mean, I, I haven't played Smash in ages, but uh, he would have been, been a good character. Yeah, I think there's enough there's enough fan push within the community. And I mean, these are like, you know, this isn't a third-party character either. This is like a Nintendo first-party character. And granted, he's only been in one game, so, you know, that yeah. kind of hurts his, like, I guess, uh, fan base support. But still, you know, the people that do want him are very, very outspoken. So my next question kind of ties into the last question is, uh, so since you say you like to spend time with the wife... I'm sure a lot of that has to be um, probably binge watching stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, what are you guys watching right now? <laughs> you actually caught us on a break. Oh, um, really? Yeah. Um, Michelle has introduced me to a lot of TV shows. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one that we watched together. Well, these are, are these shows she's already seen. Yes. Oh, so she'll go back and watch. Yes, them with like you. yeah, she she enjoyed these enough to be like, okay, like you need to watch these, and I mean, you know, she watches them with me, and so that's like our shared experience. Okay. I mean, like we, I started I started watching Game of Thrones back at her apartment, then we watched Boardwalk Empire. Um, which was really good. I had never seen Steve Buscemi outside of the like Adam Sandler. Like, I actually heard goofy. that show was really good. Uh, it's fantastic. And you know, like I said, he—I didn't realize he was such a dynamic actor because you just see him in these goofy roles where he's just you know playing like that Adam well, he, Sandler side character. But he was a very very good like serious actor. Was Steve Buscemi? I might be thinking of no. I'm thinking of a different guy. I was thinking of Paul Giamatti. Um, uh, yeah. different guys but Pajimani is actually a very serious actor too that's actually really good so yeah I, I tried doing that too in introducing Roth and like watching something with her that I really loved um, as a kid but it it ruined it for me since I showed, I made her watch this anime with me that I really love it's called Fushigi Yugi and it's just like it's, it's pretty much like a, 
a girl story, but it's it's a great <laughs> romantic uh, adventure anime that was really good. And just throughout the whole damn show, she'd be like, oh, uh, what happens next? Or she'll guess things and she'll ask me all these questions like, you're ruining the experience. Just watch the damn thing. I'm not going to answer these questions for you. And she's and then when something happens, she's like, oh, I knew it. I knew it. And then or she'll guess the ending of it. And of course, she guesses it right. So I'm just like, shut up. And she's like, I knew it. I was like, so since then, I've never watched anything with her that I've already seen. I'm like, oh. forget it. But there are some movies I want to go back and watch where, like, uh, I told her we need to go back and watch Training Day because Training Day was such a good movie. Like, older movies like that that I know are good or even older movies that I know are cult classics that we've mm-hmm. both never seen, you know, that everyone was like, oh, you have, you have to watch this. But, yeah. Michelle is a TV and movie buff. Like, ever since she was probably, you know, like five years old, she had a TV in her room, and she used to love watching, like, The Nick at Night and yeah. all the, like, I guess, whatever channels they were. Like, all the old sitcoms that came on, like, from the 70s through the 90s, she's really? seen them all. Man. I've, I've, I haven't dived into all those old shows, but um, I know they're, they're back up. Um, all right, so our first topic of, I guess, seriousness is uh, men's health. And um, to me, this is an important topic that I kind of wanted to discuss with you. One, because I feel like we both seem like we've been kind of going through some things. Um, and I've, I guess I, I go based off some of your Facebook posts recently um, that I've seen. I think one was like uh, something about how much how many hours someone puts in and stuff mm-hmm. like that and I, I saw that post and i i completely agree with it in the fact that it, in a way that it doesn't matter how many hours you put in um it, in a way it, it's just the work that you put out and if you can put out a certain amount of work and you're you're good within a you know like an eight hour work day then you know, those hours after that, you're not going to be as productive. You're, you're going to be drained, you know, and, um, you're not going to be as productive anymore when you feel that way, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think when we work together, I think I, that was one of the things I told you cause you, you're a young dude. You're what? How old are you? Uh, I'm 30 now. 30, okay. So like I'm 35, 36. I think I'm 35. <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't even count anymore. Once you get, once you get a certain age, you don't even count anymore. Hey, it's just a number. It yeah, doesn't matter. Exactly. It's, it's how you feel. Yeah. Well, actually, that's that's like one of the big things with me right now is just a number. Um, but that's a different discussion. And um, so my my main question, my well, my first question about men's health is, uh, why do you think there's like a sudden rise of men's health, men, especially mental health awareness? Like, why why do you think that? Also, and you see all these ads, and it's very important now compared to how it was, I guess, back in the day. Or well, I think it it started with uh, people becoming more like cognizant and uh, like trying to look out for just mental health uh, disorders in general. Uh, you know, there that's a field that really has very few answers. You know, there's. I don't think there's really a mental disorder that we have a full grasp or understanding of. There's no cures. You know, there's only, like, ways to manage it. And, um, you know, I, I think that people have started to become 
like more aware nowadays of just how serious an issue it is and you know that goes for both men and women and now that we're starting to um see in culture today like a rise of like awareness of people's like feelings and uh just like the the power of individualism and you know people wanting to be treated fairly all of a sudden you're kind of seeing like men come out and say like we've culture has kind of told us that we have to shove our emotions and our feelings down like we're not allowed like men aren't supposed to cry like men aren't supposed to feel you know men have to be these stoic like rocks for the family the provider that you know doesn't get bogged down with the emotional stuff but like we we feel a lot yeah and i i know that i've spent my whole life just you know trying to like bottle up a lot of the the stress and the fear and anxiety and i mean since you know since michelle and i have been together i've cried a lot more than she has really? like i she i'm so thankful for her she has like you know taught me to to really express you know my thoughts and feelings and to you know not bottle that stuff up and like let it fester and simmer because that only makes it worse yeah and so you know especially when you're dealing with like a lot of stress or anxiety you know you've you've got to like find an outlet for that you've got to express it because you know especially with you know a heightened awareness as well on like suicide and stuff today mm-hmm. like a lot of that's because of like undiagnosed or un you know treated like mental issues and it may not even be a disorder it may just be like someone was never taught how to approach their their feelings and like how to process and handle grief or stress yeah and so it just becomes too much when you don't know how to process it and you know the the world is hard yeah. you know it's it's hard to make it as an adult you know right now so it it's very important to to learn how to process you know a lot of stress to be able to like multitask and manage a lot of different facets of like you know finances and relationships and dealing with you know the emotions and you know the back and forth that comes with like managing a career and you know trying to move up in the world and do all that stuff it's just it's a lot to handle so we have to also learn how to focus on like our own mental well-being so that like we're strong enough to not only be there for ourselves but be there for you know the people around us as well yeah. because a lot of us are so willing to neglect ourselves in favor of focusing on someone else you know it's just but you can't you can't give what you don't have yeah so it's i think it's important for us to you know like really take a moment to like breathe during the day and say like hey you know you can't just work yourself to death. Like you gotta, you gotta focus on your own well-being so that you can wake up tomorrow and you know be able to handle the the next day. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like you wrapped that whole topic and everything you just said. <laughs> um, I I agree with a hundred percent of everything you said, and I I think one of the reasons why it may have been um, more heightened this year since last year is I guess maybe because of COVID, you know, yeah. and not because of the disease itself but because of being stuck at home yeah people i think people really hate being forced to sit alone with their own thoughts exactly no yeah no one like the world is so there's so much noise there's so much distraction like you know if you're if you're if you have a down moment you're probably sitting on your phone like scrolling through some form of social media or some website it's it's a distraction it keeps it keeps you from 
seeing, recognizing, analyzing your own feelings, your own thoughts. It's just, it's another way to push that to the wayside and yeah. not, not think about it, not process it, not deal with it. And Dude. so now, oh, sorry, I know you're No, talking. go ahead, go, go, go. Um, but yeah, it's, you're doing great. Um, it's, I think, forced a lot of people to say like, okay, now there's a quiet moment, like, and there's, it's, it's ultra in, also introduced a lot of challenges for people. You yeah. know, I mean, a lot of people that, you know, had jobs that, you know, kept gave them an outlet or you know something to do to keep them busy on the day-to-day all of a sudden they were stuck at home with nothing and, and you can only own feelings yeah you yeah. can only watch tv so like for so long or yeah. you know play games for so long before you're like oh, this is boring like you know you want some stimulation on a mental level and all of a sudden you realize like man like am i really am i really happy yeah. am i doing what i want to do am i living the way i want to live and so it forces you to kind of like cope with you know your own ambitions your own dreams your own feelings and kind of what you know like so we talked about like to start off with you know our dreams neither of us are doing what we want to do exactly like how like what does that mean yeah like does that do we sit down at night and like think about oh man i'm, I'm not the person i wanted to be when i was younger like how you know how how is that supposed to make someone feel like is, yeah. are you okay with that yeah i mean personally i am like i mean shoot it was it was a childhood dream but <laughs> You know, we all we all evolve, we all yeah. adapt, and like our, our wants and desires change. But you know, it's important to recognize what you do truly want, like what you really are striving for. And like, if you don't get it, how does that make you feel? But also, if you do get it, how does that make you feel? Like, yeah. is it is it was it worth the struggle? And so, it's important to kind of you know to to take in everything, but also to sit and let it like digest yeah and you know to kind of just I think that's, on it. that's one good thing too about being able to um have time to yourself because some people some people do go 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 all the time and they're they're working so many hours or they don't have that time to sit there and mentally process um their feelings or what they're going through or accepting themselves or what they're doing is okay um and to me, uh, this whole pandemic and everything in the past couple of years has been like self-reflection to me has been very, very huge in, mm-hmm. in my life. And because um, I find myself like I always found myself judging other people, but, you know, I, I don't I'm not completely happy with myself either. So self-reflection has definitely opened up my mind, um, not just for myself, but towards other people and. Um, I think you nailed everything you said right there. Uh, social media de- definitely has, like I said, I think I've made a post before. It's like social media has its pros and cons, and it definitely can sway or persuade your your thinking, your logic of how you feel towards a certain, you know, subject or even towards yourself, you know. And to me, like, dude, you you couldn't have said any anything everything you said there to me was was perfect and you you hit the nail on the head because even when i was um when i went through my dad's uh passing uh all the elders during the funeral was like you can't cry like you're not Mm -hmm. allowed to cry during this i'm like why not you know it's 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 a it's a time of grieving my my father just passed away they're like well you can't cry you have to be strong for your family i'm like that's that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. I don't know if it's it was just a religion thing because everyone's Buddhist or anything, but it was to me. I was like, I can't, 
and but take it I didn't cry that much but after the funeral and everything like I cried and um, I still do certain days when I hear certain songs or certain things that remind me of my dad but it's yeah I, I think you nailed everything I can't I can't even add anything else to that dude like you killed that um and so next on that is uh so is is i know you told me that you're dealing some stress with your your pet and mm-hmm. uh macaroni's going through a lot of things um prayers to macaroni appreciate um, it but what what's a battle that you're dealing with right now um um I guess in a way it kind of ties back to this previous issue. Um, you know, you mentioned like we've, we've got a pet that's at the emergency vet right now. Uh, and that, that costs a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> and pets aren't cheap. Yeah. Well, God, you know, they're, they're, they're like family though. You know, we yeah. do what we got to do, but you know, it becomes a financial thing. And, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to save up for a new like we're trying to save up to buy a house we're trying to save up to get me a new car because you know my car is like 15 years old the engine lights on as we speak you know it's it's not exactly in great condition and then you know we're trying to have a kid sometime in the future you know like there's there's gonna be a kid somewhere down the line you know it's just like there's there's a lot of financial stuff and you know even though i'm aware that it's kind of a cultural stigma and i mean you know my wife works i still feel like i'm the provider in a sense and maybe that's just because again it's it's a cultural stigma where i've got to be i've got to be the man i've got to be the breadwinner which i mean granted i don't make a whole lot more than michelle does it's it's not like there's that big a difference but still i feel like if i had to give you advice on that like i would throw that mindset out the door yeah especially in marriage it's 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 a it's a team game for sure in the fact that like i i could carry like in the very beginning of my relationship with Roth, it was like, yeah, I, I kind of wanted to hold that, you know, that, that title over just for mm-hmm. a little bit. Like, oh, I'm the breadwinner or I provide more money to the family. But um, she she's an amazing woman. Um, I'm sure, you know, you feel the same way about Michelle. I and do. It, it, it doesn't matter in the relationship who makes the most money because you're both helping I guess your family, like yeah, you, you're still a family. Just because you don't have kids, don't mean you're not a family. Yeah. You know, like you got your, your pets and stuff like that too. But you're providing for that household, and you guys, it's a, it's a team game for sure. And you you make up, like to me, I make up for different ways. So she may make more money, or she at the time she may have worked more hours or something like that. But when we had our own house, you know, who's watching watching the kids? Who's doing the dishes? Like I know, like as goes back to you know mental health um which is still the same topic i'm stupid but um it goes back we're tying it all together yeah you're tying it together in that you know back in the day you know men weren't supposed to do dishes oh you're 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 a pussy if you do dishes or the laundry or something like that but you know times have changed whereas it's it's not a woman thing it's not a man thing it's like it's a team thing you know yeah and maybe, I guess, my real battle that I'm going through right now, more than just feeling like I have to do something all by myself or, you know, be like... Uh, you got to pet him the whole time. Uh, but <laughs> David's over here petting my dog the whole time. He's a guys. sweetheart. Yeah, he just he wants, is. He just wants love. He does love. need love. And, uh, but I think one of, one of the battles that I have to face is uh, just reading, recognizing, like, when people 
especially you know with 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 Michelle since you know we're you know we we're a, we're we're partners we're a team you know sometimes I don't do a good job of recognizing like when when she's in like need of like just some kind of you know uplifting words or just like some consolation cuz you know she she like you know battles with a lot of stress anxiety and goes through a lot and I'm I don't always provide the right words of affirmation I've I've always been a very like quiet kind of introverted kind of person deep down and so I don't always I don't always like to talk and like branch out of my my bubble or my shell and I feel like I'm kind of twisted inward on myself a lot of the time where I see someone else struggling even if it's someone close to me and I don't I either don't want to reach out or like don't know how to reach out and don't like I think I'm kind of afraid to step out and like give someone the love the attention like the comfort that they need when they're when they're struggling yeah Uh, and so it's it's just a it's something that I feel like I should be doing more where you know I I don't really I feel like right now I don't talk to a lot of people uh you know I, I I don't cultivate a lot of very many I don't cultivate very many friendships just because I've never really known how to like initiate and like form that on my own it's you yeah. know my entire life it's kind of been people coming to me yeah. <laughs> and so it's just like trying to know like how how do I step out of myself and like give of myself to others in a way that like you know makes me like a good a good friend or a good partner and that know? that's perfectly understandable and fine um back to how you are with Michelle and that you don't no, you pour some more if you want. Um, I still got to finish this. Okay. And um, speaking to you and speaking to my other friends um, that are close to me, I feel like I've always wondered, like, in a relationship, um, would your relationship be better if you had someone exactly like you? No. Uh, no, exactly. I agree. And I, I've, But I found that out, you know, more recently than I would like to admit it. But I think every relationship, there there's someone like you and there's someone like Michelle. My relationship is the same. I'm like Michelle, <laughs> sadly to say. I'm female. Um, but And Roth, Roth is like you. She And I, I don't know if it has to deal with your upbringing right, or anything like that. But, I mean, your your parents look super happy. She, she Her parents split up, you know. But she didn't, she didn't know how to express love mm. or show love the way I, I was shown it through my parents, you know? And um, that's that's something that I feel like plays in a factor, but to me, it it counters, like, the way yeah. you are. And well, the, when the friendship thing, um, back to that, like, if I had to give you advice on that, going through in and out of different friendships, um, don't, don't worry about not having to, or not knowing how to, I guess make friends or reach out to someone if if the friendship is truly genuine it'll, it'll click it'll it'll come to you and and if you say that's how you are it'll come to you like us like right now like we haven't worked like in the same office or in the same department in what two years or something like that two maybe three years mm-hmm. but I, I still keep close with you i still think you're a really good friend and you're one of the people that I actually really want to connect with more, and um, and I, I think that says a lot in the type of person you are. And I mean, we don't talk every day. Like, 
we we barely messaged each other or text each other. We have each other's numbers, but I don't see it as, oh, um, David doesn't text me every day. I, he doesn't care about me or something like that. Like, the friendship's still there. I still remember everything we, you know, gone through or watching hot ones together. Like, all <laughs> yeah. those experiences that we shared, I still remember it. And, I, you know, not every sh- friendship is perfect. We go through ups and downs or whatever. But, like, to me, you're still a good friend to me. And that's why I wanted to do either the first or second episode with you or Mandy because you two I feel like I I, I click with really well and you know well, don't I, force it yeah. oh, a good friendship is never forced oh I know <laughs> and you know I'm not trying to do something that's not genuine but I, I think I've reached a point in my life where I've realized like there are people that I have in my life that you know that I love and I care about and I want to I want <clears throat> I mean I want to do a better job of showing like my appreciation for other people because I've, I, I don't know, I've, I don't feel like I've ever really been that great at like telling people how I, how much I value and appreciate them and like doing it often enough, you know, I like, I mean, I've just never been the one to like text someone out of the blue and be like, Hey, you want to do something? Or, yeah. you know, like, Hey, just want you to know that, you know, I'm thinking about you and you know, I hope you're having a good day, you know, and just and like to me, I always people. feel like, um, it goes back to the mental health, men's mental health things, like how men were told to be or whatever. It's like guys as a group, it's always like, you're not, you're quote unquote, you know, like this time, this day and age is probably not, politically correct to say but oh you're gay for mm-hmm. you know telling your your best friend you love them or like you care for them or something like that you know and that's just the ribbing of each other of guys you know and to me it's like it's, it's to me it's stupid and um and i'm glad that you actually said that you you don't know how to you know come out and express yourself like that but i think a lot of guy guy relationships and friends friendships like that is just like it's it's so much ribbing and so much you know like more or less not really trying to tear each other tear each other down but it can feel that way like my my two best friends are uh that i've known since high school like i've never really connected with them on a personal level that much and in a way i hate it but that's just our friendship and i accept it and i've just known them the longest but I think that's why I'm connecting more and more with you and someone like Mandy or, you know, other other people that I can connect with on a more mental level and a more, um, I guess, our, our thought processes are the same. And we, we have the same, like, uh, I guess, more or less goals, you know, mm-hmm. and um, the same vibe more or less that's that's what i tell roth lately it's like i'm just connecting with people that have the same vibe as me and, yeah um, well you know it, there there are a couple people and and i know you're you're one of them hence why you know we're here together that you know <laughs> that aren't afraid to like you know actually express their feelings and you know, like show true like love and appreciation for like a friend and i'm finding like i really want to hold on to that when i see it yeah. because you know there's dude it surprised me it actually surprised me when you asked me to be like you know a best man for your wedding um and so i was like wow really because you know at that time you know i I really wasn't part of cad anymore you know so it's just kind of like i i fell off but 
you know, you wanted me to be a part of this very important, you know, day in your life. And, you know, I appreciated it very much. And when you told me that, I was like, oh, you know, I told Rod, I was like, wow, you know, he must really value our friendship if he's asking me to be a part of his day, you know, and it means a lot to me. Well, good. You know, I, I mean, not to say that you should feel honored. <laughs> That's not what I mean. <laughs> but I mean, no. I, yes, I, bow down. To me. <laughs> I do. I do value our friendship, and like I said, I value like the qualities that you know, like you're you're displaying here, and that you know, like I said, you're you're willing to talk about this stuff. You know, you're willing to be open about the way that you feel because that's I mean that's something that I want to do a better job of and that's you know that's something that I recognize that I value in other people and so when when I see that I'm like all right this is someone that you know I can see like will be a lifelong like companion you know that I can like you know always have a good time with you know that I can lean on and that you know I want to make sure I build them up too because you know they, they you know they're valued to me yeah all right we can talk about this forever, but uh, <laughs> um, so the the last question on this topic I had was, um, what advice would you give to other men or people on how to handle stress? Ooh, man, that's that's a tough question. Uh, I, I mean, I think there's a lot of answers, but it's just don't be afraid to embrace it and by that I, I mean you know don't just don't bottle it up don't shove it you know off to the wayside and hope it goes away you know you just have to sometimes you have to kind of sit in it yeah. and just recognize it for what it is and being like hey like the situation I'm in right now it sucks yeah. you know like there's there's just a lot going on I don't know how to handle it I think it's just learning to be honest with yourself and saying like I'm recognizing that I am struggling or incapable of dealing with the situation as it is and you know it's it's not going to fix itself immediately so it's either going to be a a journey you know where you just kind of deal with it over time and then you take small steps to alleviate it or you know sometimes just don't be afraid to ask for help you know like that's that's what we're you know here doing right now is cultivating like meaningful friendships like yeah. talking about what it means to have true like valuable friendships and so when you cultivate stuff like that you know sometimes you feel like it's a burden to to reach out to someone else and to, you know like talk about your problems or like ask for help with your problems because you feel like you're you know, just weighing them down, like, oh, I'm sure they got a lot going on too. But I mean, like, sometimes it's just, it's good to reach out and just use the people in your life to, you know, bounce things off of, yeah. or just at least find an outlet to vent, if nothing else. I mean, like, if you called me, I'd listen to, you know, I'd listen to you talk for hours if you wanted yeah. to just vent, because, you know, like, I know that that's, that's important to have someone that you can trust, like, just to, to talk about things yeah. and sometimes so, you just need a shoulder and that's the, i think that's yeah. what i value in like you and definitely mandy she's like she yeah. wanted to be a psychiatrist so she's a good shoulder to she's a great listener you're a great listener um we bounce ideas back and forth to one another um and i i, I truly think that you and her are, are very good to me in the fact that you you're not always going to tell me things i want to hear you know mm-hmm. and um and that's something i value a lot and that's to me, he's like, 
better than just someone that would tell you, you know. Yeah. Well, what you want to hear. Yeah. And I mean, I guess if I know you asked, like, if there was one thing I would say, um, I guess if it comes to stress and dealing with sources of stress, uh, if I had to boil it down to one thing, like, and just if you were to take like everyone else and their help and resources off the table, like if you were to just deal with it alone, I would say as cliche as it sounds, just take it one step at a time because every problem can be broken down into just like, you know, one small thing at a time. So sometimes I think we get too caught up looking at the big picture and you know, you, you kind of miss that like you could, you could accomplish something big, you know, like you could, or you could knock out this big thing if you just chip away at it. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think especially as, as things do start to pile up, you just start looking at this pile of things that are stressing you out and it just, it, it looks overwhelming. Yeah. But if you, I think if you're able just to compartmentalize and say, all right, look, like all I can do is this, you know, this one little thing, then that's fine. Just do that one thing. Yeah. And then, you know, when you can do something else, then do something else. And just, I think, I think it's important for us to realize that you're never going to fix all your problems at once or really ever. There's no point, I think, in your adult or I mean, just any phase of your life, adult or child, you know, you're always going to have something that you want to overcome or just like a problem that you have to deal with. And, you know, to I mean, it may be big or small in the grand scheme of things, you know, but there's never a point where we don't have problems. And so it's just I think it's important just to realize like, hey, you know, like this is a part of life. And so you, you can't focus too much on it. You know, it's, it's just important to realize like, yeah, there's, there's going to be things that suck. There's going to be, you know, days that are bad. There's going to be parts of days that are bad, but that's, I mean, don't dwell on that. You know, like that's not what life is about. Um, Because like even, not even just with uh, problems like that, it's like, so like me and you used to work out a lot, a lot together, and uh, that's advice I give to anybody who's trying to start working out too. Is you gotta you gotta treasure the baby steps. You gotta mm-hmm. you gotta enjoy the little battles. Oh, I, I didn't have a coke today. You know, wow. Yeah. You know, that's a baby step that you gotta enjoy. Or mm-hmm. um, I didn't go over so many calories today. Or even I walked a mile today. Like anything, baby steps within. Um, the fitness goal or like you know health is just you got to enjoy those moments and you got to know that um, you're not going to be able to conquer everything but it's the baby steps that help you climb that mountain you know yeah well and you brought up a good point bringing like the fitness stuff into it because I actually had someone today in our work chat be like David you're the fitness guy what do you what would you think about us getting an elliptical or uh, an exercise bike and I said yeah, if you can do it. Yeah. I mean, just like any any activity is better than none. Exactly. Uh, so you know, it, like, that's really all it boils down to is like anything. Like if you can do something, something's better than nothing. Exactly. So yeah, it's, and that's the thing. That's the saying in fit, the fitness world is, uh, any workout is better than no workout. Right. You know. Um, uh, and this is gonna sound so stupid. No, <laughs> so I'm it's say, fine. Go ahead. Well, I can't remember when I thought of this. It was years and years ago. But I told myself I need to adopt the mantra, a day without sweat is a day I regret. <laughs> hey, <laughs> because, patent it. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's all it boils down to. Like, you know, every, just 
a little something every day. Yeah. Just even if it's minor, just, you know, at least in terms of like fitness, you know, if we're just focusing on that, just sweat a little bit right. or, you know, just, I mean, but going back to the whole stress thing in general, you know, just like, Hey, if you can, if you can tackle one thing, if you can, if you've got a list of things to do, just even if it's one thing you knock off that list, that's one thing you knocked off that list. Exactly. Um, all right. We'll get off that topic. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm terrible at transitioning, but I'll get better at it. Um, I don't want to carry on too long cause I know, uh, a very long podcast people might not listen to all the way <laughs> um, that's just that's just the truth uh, our last topic just to get off the very serious stuff is um, David is a Packers fan so I thought it'd be neat to bring up um, if y'all hear that squeak in the back it's my dog my new dog playing with squeak toy um, Aaron Rodgers on Jeopardy um, since Alex Trebek passed away R.I.P. Um, the great Alex Trebek no one will ever do Jeopardy better than he he did. Um, Aaron's been on there for this whole week, and there's not there wasn't a lot of clips on YouTube. I think I found two, maybe three clips of him doing it, and the main one was that final Jeopardy where that guy was like, uh, "What was it? Um, who wanted to kick that field goal?" Was his answer, and it went back to last year's what was it NFC Championship game of the Packers versus the Bucks, and I think they were, it was like 31-23 I have here, two minutes left on the clock, and it was fourth and goal, and instead of going for it, um, who's their coach? Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur was like, hey, let's kick a field goal, and of course, they missed the field goal. And the Packers never got the ball back. Exactly, because Tom Brady is that good. He's no, not hold on, him. hold on. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> you're not going to say Tom Brady is that good? Oh, well, hold on. First of all, Tom Brady is very good. Mm-hmm. And the, the Bucks, there's no way they make it to the Super Bowl without him. Let, let's just okay. make that clear. Agreed. But the Bucks did not win the Super Bowl on Tom Brady's back. The Bucks won the Super Bowl on the back of their run game and their defense. No, the, I, I'm the not Bucks, accepting that because the, Leonard Fournette was their running back. <laughs> and screw Leonard Fournette. <laughs> Uncle Lenny. Hey, hey, playoff Lenny carried that team. <laughs> like, no, not playoff Lenny. No. He did not bring up playoff Lenny. The, the Bucks Lenny. choked the life out of their opposition in the playoffs because they could chew clock with their run game and their defense was just dominating the trenches. Their front seven uh, on the Bucks, they, I mean, they were destroying opposing offenses. You saw like Pat Mahomes running around in the Super Bowl. Yeah. He was running for his life. Exactly. Because they, there was nothing they could do to stop that Bucks yeah. defense. Well, that, that was the thing too going into that um, Bucks and Chiefs game was like, they're like, oh, Chiefs should blow them out or anything like that. But people who didn't know was, I think their whole offensive line had to get rearranged because of so many injuries. Well, they had two, like their two best offensive linemen were out. Yeah. So yeah, obviously you bring in backups, you're shifting people around. Exactly. They, they, they aren't used a, to the position. Yeah, they never had a chance. Exactly. And so that whole Super Bowl, he was running for his life and it showed. And he was making miraculous you know, miracle throws and it still didn't matter. It still didn't matter because his freaking receivers couldn't even catch the damn ball. Yeah, they and dropped. That was so my many. thing. I was like, dude, this guy is playing his ass off and making something out of nothing, and you guys can't even catch the damn ball for him. And that that was the saddest thing to me on the Super Bowl. Um, and yeah, back to the Bucks and like. 
I hate to admit it, but yeah, their run game did come back during those last two games, and I hate it because it was playoff Lenny. Because for some odd reason, they didn't play um, Rojo, and I was like, why not? I think he uh, he had an injury of some kind, like mm-hmm. very late in the season, which is how Fournette got in there in the first place. Because you know Ronald Jones was like he was killing it, yeah, during he the definitely season. was. But it must have been like within the last week or two of the regular season that Ronald Jones, like he suffered some kind of minor injury, not enough to like you know keep him out for the rest of the season, but enough to where like Learn Fournette got his chance. Because I'm pretty sure like. The Bucks really didn't plan on using Fournette very much. They were like, ah, Rojo's, he's, you know, probably going to earn himself a nice big contract, yeah. you know, with the way he's playing. And they were like, we don't want to pay Leonard Fournette on top of that. I However, think they extended his contract. Um, well, they, the I think they had to because of the way he did in the playoffs. Yeah. They were like, well, shoot, now this guy's too valuable not to keep. So, uh, watching the clip, how did, how did you think Aaron Jones did on Jeopardy as a host? Um... I have mixed feelings, to be honest, um, because I mean I'm I'm a huge Aaron Rodgers fan. You, Aaron Rodgers. You, I mean, you said I'm a Packers fan. I'm a Rodgers fan. Mm. Uh, as soon as Rodgers is gone, I'm not a Packers fan anymore. Really? Yeah. That's just like Mandy. She's like, oh, the the Panthers traded away all my favorite guys, and so I'm not a Panthers fan no more. I'm well, like, why? You know, you know what happened? Uh, like the story behind my fanhood. You know, since. We live very, very far away from Wisconsin. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, we're, we're nowhere close to the Packers. The reason I'm a Packers fan is because when I was five years old, the Packers were playing the Patriots in the Super Bowl. That is literally my first football memory of any kind. <laughs> you know, uh, like we're huge into college football. You'd think, you know, I was born with that, you know, college blood running through my veins. Yeah, but no. Roll Tide. Yeah, Roll Tide. So, yeah, <laughs> we, uh, you know... We, of course, were huge Alabama fans, but my first football memory was rooting for the Packers in the Super Bowl against the Patriots because my dad liked Brett Favre. Uh, and so I was, Brett. I just, yeah, I just became a Brett Favre fan when Brett. Good old, good old dick pick Brett. <laughs> <laughs> but that was, to, to his defense, that was when he went to New York. So. Yeah. And now I. When when Brett went to the Vikings, I rooted for the Vikings. No, he was he was good at the Vikings. My he brother, was. my my younger brother is a Vikings fan, and he, he did fantastic there. Uh, at least for a year, yeah. or two, or however long it was before his body just gave out. <laughs> All right, so your your take on Rogers um, in Jeopardy? I think he I think he did okay, but his his demeanor he he puts on this air of indifference. So much that he comes across. Well, I'm, as I'm dumb, dry. so uh, break down that word for me. So, he, <laughs> so Aaron kind of has this like I don't care, yes. kind of casual attitude where exactly. he, he just he acts like you know nothing bothers him, nothing phases him, nothing interests him. Uh, so he kind of just you know his hosting, I think, is a game show. Of course, he he kind he kind of has his own dry wit, and you know brings some intellect and you know like. Just he he's good. I think he tried to replace Trebek's wit and like quickness and which I, I heard when he took up that offer, he was he did like he watched so much. Yeah, he did. Of he did the quarterback to, thing and he studied hours exactly, of game film. film. Exactly. Yeah, he studied all the game film. He's and like, so I'm like you to... could see where he tried to um, be like Trebek because Trebek yeah. was. Um, kind of, I guess, dry and like very, very serious. But he 
he carried it so well, funny. and he was still funny. He but, had his moments, for yeah, sure. Yeah, and so when when Aaron did it, I was just like, uh, I don't know. It just it just felt to me like he had no no emotion or no feelings. Yeah, that that's kind of the way it came across to me. And one of the things he said, and I think this that kind of carries over from the way he's had to manage his career, like with the press in the NFL, because he uh, he said, you know. We're on interviews like with the Pat McAfee show, his philosophy has just been to kill them with indifference because people make up all kinds of things yeah. about A-Rod and just being like, oh, you know, his teammates hate him and, you know, he didn't buy a birthday present for this dude. And like, <laughs> man, man, you know, just making up all these he stories. and like, oh, Rolexes. Yeah. He broke up with Olivia Wilde because he's gay. And it was Olivia Munn. Oh, sorry. You're right. She was super hot. Yeah, sorry. I'm, the I'm, biggest I'm... mistake of his life. <laughs> but yeah, people just like love to make up rumors and like, you know, just make up all these stupid things about him. And you never hear him like come out in the media and say, like address any of this stuff because yeah. his philosophy is just like, eh, I don't care. I don't know if that's how he really is, but like in Jeopardy, I kind of wanted to see more emotion from him i did too to, especially when you meant like you had already mentioned the final jeopardy yeah. question where, with the field goal he he looked like he was suppressing every emotion in himself yeah like and his, even not, his laughter yeah he was trying so hard not to laugh and i was like no come on dude like just laugh show some emotion like, so there was one there was one clip on youtube where it was like the extended scene and so it was kind of like i guess it was like a little brief like maybe 20 to 30 seconds after the credits roll or something like that and he's like he was thanking that guy he's like yeah, yeah thank, thanks man I really appreciate that my first um, you know Jeopardy and I get that I, I'm gonna always remember you and even when he said that to that guy I was just like he didn't seem like super excited or happy about it so I'm like you couldn't like it's almost like wrestling it's like he was, he was holding this character that he just could not break I'm like, mm-hmm. just break character well I know yeah, that ahead. was also his first uh, like game. Yeah, and I mean, this is you know he's idolized Trebek. This is his favorite game show. He's talked for years about how he would record Jeopardy or like watch it every night. You know, like this this must have been a dream for him. I'm sure yeah, he was. I'm sure he was nervous. Yeah, yeah a little that, bit. Yeah, and like trying, sure. like you know, definitely trying to maintain composure a little too hard. Um, and granted, I didn't get to see any clips of like any of the. Uh, the games after that but from what he's what he's said about the experience they record like five I think five games a day so I think that's how most of the game shows are like they record like probably like a whole week yeah so I think he actually is on for ten episodes so I I mean that's I mean that's essentially two days of filming games which I mean I, I mean, I know me personally, like, if I do something and I'm nervous, like, I'm going to be nervous the whole time. But then, like, after, like, stepping away and having some time to, like, look at it and reflect and, like, kind of evaluate, you know, my, like, my performance or, you know, how I was dealing with it, you know, I, I can, like, take an outsider's perspective and say, like, okay, you know, like, maybe I could have done this better. And, like, maybe that's what he did in, like, yeah. his second day or, like, the like especially the following games within the first day. I'm sure by the, like the 10th game, he maybe he had a little different attitude, but I mean, yeah. I don't know. We, we may never see that stuff because the internet does a very good job of... Trolling? Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, I think it's because Jeopardy's 
syndicated all uh, over the world. Like they've got a chokehold on the licensing for all that stuff. You're not going to just see clips willy nilly. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, that, I think that wraps up episode three. We've kind of carried on longer than we should have, but I think we, we hit men's health. You, you killed men's health, dude. Like, I think you hit, you hit it dead on of everything that I've, I've felt as well. And I, I couldn't have said it better. And I agree with everything you said. And dude, we, we probably could have carried on in two hours for this episode. It's just, it's very natural. Mm -hmm. And, um, I really enjoyed this episode too. So, um, I don't know what episode four is going to be, but episode three was definitely good. Mandy, you need to step your game up. David, <laughs> they, I don't know. David might have beat you. Uh, don't don't be uh, don't be making that a competition now. I yeah. don't want Mandy coming after me. No, um, I I told her that I do want to get both of y'all on one episode too. So I don't know what, when that'll be, but um, yeah. Um, so this is us signing off great episode appreciate it david oh yeah Always i appreciate the invite I, I really enjoyed it no i'll definitely have you back again for sure we have a lot to catch up on a lot to talk about so um till then later peace peace